Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Either you are in or you are out. What are you doing? What that is was that? Heidi oh, Klum. Happy so thing. She's so great. I know. She should She's never so left. You can never read her. That's what I like about her. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like Donald Trump was like, oh, she's not a 10 anymore. She's like, yeah, I'm like a 9.9. Looks like Heidi Klum is totally over Donald Trump. No more questions about Donald Trump. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. I like sit Bone down. Seal. Sit down. And made some beautiful little babies. Oh, nah. I don't even know what the He's fuck those are. He's always like, baby. It's like you're gonna pull, you're gonna have a hernia. You yeah. don't need to sing that. It's hard. really intense. It's yeah. sensitive and intense, but that's such tender sex. What a tenderoni, dude! It'd be so sexy. It would be. That's why she got all them damn babies by yeah, him. Yeah, she got like three kids by him. Look, he's a seal, so he's like, ur, 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 ur. make you go. Ur, 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 ur. Oh, do you think that's how he? <laughs> that's how seal. That's comes. trash, dude. I'm sorry, you guys, but you know that's where our brains went. <laughs> Sorry, this is an early episode. We can't just, like, come out the gate like this. We said we were going to be better. Hi, flirty dirties. I'm Jessica Williams. Hey, booby schmoobies. I'm Phoebe Robinson. And you're listening to Two Dope Queens, a podcast, something that travels on sound waves from our mouths into your earway buds. Ooh, yeah. It's the future. And we got a special show today that is full of girl power. Yeah, like vaginas and vulvas and labias and just a whole bunch of titties. Yeah, we got Joe Firestone, Janine Brito, and Jen Kirkman. We're practically all synced. So without further ado, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. So, so long, farewell, au revoir, about this show tonight. We are live at La Poussin Rouge. It's French. Right. It's French. I just think of like Moulin Rouge. I'm always like, La Poussin Rouge. But it sounds like you're saying Poussin Rouge, right? Uh, (laughs) Let me try it. I took like four years of French that I don't remember. Okay, let's do it. You do it. Okay. We are live at La Poussin Rouge. (laughs) Right? You got it? That's the only way to say it. There's no way to, like, act like I'm speaking French and have chill. Right, you can't be like, uh, wow, la poussin, like, you can't yeah, do Yeah, there's, like, a girl here who was like, I lived there for two years after college. That's, like, not how we did it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for coming out so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? You look very lovely. I'm good. Thank you so much. Um, I'm wearing my orthopedic shoes. Um, yes. When we walked on and you were like talking about the high man, I was trying to pose 
Sometimes I like to pose in the least flattering way possible. <laughs> Why? And I feel it just feels good to sometimes just let it all hang out. Right. Especially when you're like day three of your period, which I am. Oh no. Yeah, dude. It's like uh, it's like, congrats, you don't have a baby. Why don't you feel like you wanna die? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I hate Aunt Flo. Yeah. I hate her. I know. I'm sorry. It's that sucks. so natural. It's our legacy. Yes, it's great. So blessed to have it. This I is, love being a woman. This is fuck a, my period. Yeah. <laughs> this is a safe space. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah, um, totally. So we have some exciting news to share, Jess. Yeah, I do. Yes, you. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, um, there's a little bit of a story. Mm-hmm. I uh, found a lump in my titty my left one this one here um maybe like a month ago and i was like because you know we all like play with our own boobs right um yeah. and i was like oh there's like a this is a pretty the size of a marble it's pretty crazy um so i made an appointment with my doctor and she was like okay well i'm gonna go order she's like i'm gonna put an order for you she like felt me up i like hadn't shaved my armpits and she like intimately like did the exam up in my armpit like got deodorant on her hands oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. She's like, I'm so used to this. Um, but anyway, yeah. So she was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I want you to get an ultrasound. I was like, tight. Let's do that right now. She's like, I don't do those here. You need to like go find a place and get an ultrasound. I was like, what the fuck, New York City? Um, yeah. And so I like made an appointment this at this place like way way like on 95th Street. Mm. And went in, and it was just like, um, I guess the attitude there was just like the DMV. Like, everybody who was working there didn't want to be there. Right, right, right. And um, so I, like, went in to get this ultrasound, and this woman, you know, I'm, like, expecting that gooey thing to be, like, really cold on my titty. And then I go, oh, my God, it's so cold. Like, you know, when they do, like, with babies, like in movies. Right. And uh, (laughs) so the woman just, like, squirts all this, like, ultrasound goo on my left titty, and I had to, she made me like put my hands up yeah. like um, Rose when she's like, Jack, paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're just like laying down a chase. You're like, I didn't know that's what biopsies yeah, were like. Yeah, yeah, like this is weird. Yeah. Um, and so then she was like just mushing this wand like all over my tit, and she just wasn't talking to me about it. Oh. Like it was very intimate. Like she was like squeezing it that's and like, like moving it. Yeah. It was super erotic. Like yeah. I was like, oh, what's going on down here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just if you could just imagine, like the oldest, like crustiest lady, like just that's what was doing that. Okay. Um, so anyway, I was cool. I could like see in my titty. Ultrasounds like science is tight. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was just like a lump, and uh, she was like, "So there's a mass here." Um, and then like she walked out of the room, and so she just like left me in the room. So I was just sitting there with like my titties out, goo on me, like. <laughs> My just a picture of my lump, and I was like, "This is really scary." So I'm starting to get scared. Yeah. And then this doctor comes in, and the way he comes in is like he just stands, he like wavers in the doorway, uh-huh. and I was like, "You can please, please come in here, <laughs> like come touch my breast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me it's gonna be okay." Yeah. And uh, he was like, "Okay, so you basically you have this thing in there, um, in your tit, in your boob." He didn't say tit. Did he um, say? Th- did he say this thing? Yeah, he's like, you have this, you have something in there, something in okay, there. Okay. And uh, he was like, uh, I want to check it out. I'm a little worried about it. So you need to make another appointment to come back for a biopsy. And I was like, what the fuck is a biopsy? And uh, it's, he's like, you know what? Uh, she'll explain it to you. Um, I'll see you later. Bye. And then he just it's like, like, it's like he's faded like, out of the door. 
It's like he's trying to neg you. You're like, I'm not trying to date yeah, you. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I just want to know I'm going to keep both my tits. Like, yeah, that's like, what, what I'm are here you, for. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like, he was just basically like, I'm not worried about it. See you later. And then he ghosted out of the room <laughs> like he just, like, delivered a pizza and that was the end of the transaction. Right. And, like, um, so I was like, oh, my God. And then I came back the next day for a biopsy because they were like, we won't be able to get you in for another month. And I was like, y'all playing. Like, you know when John Q, like Denzel Washington is John Q, like is in the medical center and he's like, y'all go give me a heart. That's what I did. (laughs) For this fucking biopsy that I had to do. It was really ignorant. They were like, ma'am, I need you to calm down, I was like, no, I ain't gonna calm down. Um, (laughs) This is for my son, but this is my titty. Um, So anyway, they they squeezed me in. Yeah. And uh, I uh, had Blaine come with me. I had my boyfriend come with me. And uh, we're just sitting there and we're just waiting in this room. I just see this like surgical table and it's just like alcohol on the table and then just like the longest needle I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, Because basically uh, with a biopsy, they take this really, um, plenty of women get it, it happens all the time, but they take this really long needle and they like put it into your titty and they get like a piece of the mass so that they can test it and make sure that it's non-cancerous. And um, so anyway, the doctor comes in with the nurse and the first thing he does, like without, this is the same guy, by the way, without like being like, hey, how are you? You're probably really nervous because I'm scared shitless. Right, he just like grabs the needle and he just like starts flicking it. What? Is he and a he's, fucking like, movie villain? To- yeah, I don't know. You fucking like, Jafar? Like, fucking, what are like- you doing? <laughs> but also like Jafar is a movie villain. Like the worst thing you can think of is you're going to put Princess Jasmine in a red outfit. And like... <laughs> have her buy like a cage like that's the worst like, thing you're gonna do I guess that's bad um, so he was basically my Jafar yeah. and he's just talking to me he's like okay so this is gonna be really quick and he's like just lay down and again assume the position which is like the pay me like one of your French girls pose right. and so I lay back and the nurse, like, she puts both hands on my titty. Whoa. And she has, like, oh, one of them she's using to, like, do the ultrasound so they can, like, see into yeah. my titty. And uh, I was like, hold up. What are you about to, like, what are you about to do? Like, speak to me. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just put this in here and have, like, local anesthetic. And then, you know, um, then I'm going to take this really long-ass wand and I'm just going to stick it in there and just, like, get it. Oh, and I was like, oh, all right, dude, fine. Let's fucking get it over with. Yeah. Um. Uh, Bay was like giving me the face like you need to cool it and um, (laughs) so first he does the needle and I was like oh yeah I don't have sensitive breasts this is okay and so it's like it's like a I feel like a dead breast because it's, I just can't feel anything Whoa. anymore it, it was really that's cool that's kind of cool yeah. it was like oh yeah. can you do that everywhere yeah. um, <laughs> and then he takes this long ass like needle and then sticks it into my boob and I'm like oh my god this is crazy and then all of a sudden he presses like this button on this needle and it's like whack and I was like what the fuck and like it was so loud that even the ultrasound technician the nurse moved my boob because she got freaked out oh my god and he was like to me like it was my fault he was like hold still really you think I moved my titty on my own okay (laughs) but that's crazy because it means that like the the woman who he works with like a thousand times a day was like, oh, hell, this is like fucking The Conjuring. Like, I got scared. Right. And, um, 
So then I was like, what just happened? He was like, oh, that was actually the needle grabbing the mass. And I was like, uh, okay. He was like, sorry, I didn't warn you. <laughs> like, what? What? Are you fucking Dr. No. Kevorkian? Yeah, and, you um, need to, like, narrate this, like, this like, is a Tim Burns like, documentary. Like, like, I want to hear everything. This is, like, public radio, like, yeah. talk me through exactly. it. Exactly. Um, Where's Jad? I need like, the information. <laughs> like... I wish it was Jad. I wish, like, how gentle and how oh much better God. of an experience would it have been if Jad fucking gave me yeah. a biopsy? <laughs> okay, so, here so we are. Good. We're going to, like, a quiet, like, gentleman. Oh, my God, so good. So then I was like, how yeah. many more times is that loud-ass popping sound going to happen? He's yeah. like, probably about three or four. And I was like, okay. Ooh. And then he just didn't warn me three or four more times. No! And I was like, oh, hell no. So then finally, was that the good thing was that it didn't hurt at all. I was oh, just good. like pissed. Right. So that like black lady adrenaline, like my set it off adrenaline, <laughs> like carried me through the procedure. Right. And so like, then finally, like he pulls every, like the needle out and I'm like tight, get that fucking thing away from me. Right. Like take it to Mordor. I never want to see it again. <laughs> and the nurse technician, like, tries to put like a band-aid on my breast and so there's still ultrasound goop on me oh, no. <laughs> mind, mind you i have no dignity here like i'm on a table i'm wearing sweatpants no makeup right. and i was like oh excuse me ma'am this this band-aid keeps falling off and she was like oh that's because the ultrasound goo is on there <laughs> i was like Bish, can you please take this ultrasound goo off of my body or, like, give me a yeah. napkin? Give me a bounty. Like, like come on. I'm like, it felt like a hooker or something. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's like the so state tried. of healthcare is in the United right. States is, like, crazy. Right. It's like the fucking DMV. Yeah, like, whenever, like, people mistreat me like that, I always go, treat me how you would treat Kate Blanchett. Like, that yeah, lady would not have would ju- never. Like, they would but never the leave is, goo on Kate Blanchett's breast and be like, deal with that. Peace out. Like, they would but never. But the thing is, though, it's like, never. she, she was sounded like a native New Yorker, so I think uh, maybe she would do that to Kate Blanchett. <laughs> like, just the most, well, it's like, what? <laughs> Help me. I'm scared. Right. So anyway, um, after I, like, wiped myself off and then put my own Band-Aid on Aww. my titty. Did Blaine I'm a survivor. Help? He did. Okay. <laughs> He did. He took photos and he held my converse like while those people were laying me down in the Titanic position. So he was like giving me gentle squeezes like I'm here. And I was like, if I didn't have a needle in my titty, I'd be like horny for you. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, I got my results back uh, earlier today and they are like negative. Y'all gonna make it a show, bitch. After all, kid. Give it up for my girl giving me give a scare. For that. But wow. it's like a, a lot of women get biopsies. Yeah. Like when you when you have it, it doesn't hurt. Um, at least mine didn't, even if the dude's like fucking Dr. Kevorkian. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it was, I, I don't wanna do that for a while. Yeah. Well, once again, clap it up for Jess. That's amazing. Thank you. So happy for you. That is very exciting. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> she said thank you too. Oh my God. You're such a survivor. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Destiny's Child. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember that Destiny's Child video where they were talking about being survivors, but they were like crawling across right. the beach? <laughs> but also, like, they literally like survived nothing. No. Like, they're like show kids. Like, they became famous at like 15. I always feel bad because I feel like Farrah, like every two years, like tries to like come out and yeah. be like, guess what Beyonce gossip I have? And everyone's like, mm, we don't care. We don't want it, Farrah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys ready for some comedy tonight? Woo! You guys are a fantastic crowd. Um, very excited to have our next act on the show. I'm a big, big fan of her. She mm-hmm. is currently a writer on the Chris Gethard show. Woo! Please give it up for Joe Firestone! It's so nice to be here. Give it up for these guys. I mean, man, oh man, this is so cool. This is great. So great. Um, my name is Joe. Uh, hello? <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. Is anyone else from the Midwest? Okay, great, great. So, do, most people don't know what it's about. It's kind of like hardy. They like um, hardy. They like football, you know? Um, my, my family is, like, very Midwestern, like, very all-American. Um, and I'm, like, a little different from them. Like, like my dad was a high school football player, and my, my brother was a high school football player, and my mom... Uh, had had sex with a high school football player and made a high school football player, um, and I'm like a little different from them. Like I like to talk about yogurt. Um, like, um, do you? Where are my yogurt heads at? Yeah, right. WMYC. Where are my yogurt heads at? Um, no, I don't, you like. Do you ever notice when you want to talk about yogurt, nobody wants to talk to you? <laughs> It's like, it is like, it is like the older you get, it does seem more like a creamy dessert. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, uh, I, um, yeah, I had a kind of a weird, a weird upbringing. I, I mean, did some of you guys, you guys get allowance as a kid? Yeah? You get, what do you get, like five dollars, a dollar, depending on how close you grew up to the depression? I, um... <laughs> I got. I didn't get any allowance, and I grew up with my brother, my older brother, and we were like, we want to get allowance, and so we were like, we got to talk to my dad. And so we talked to my dad. We're like, hey, can we get an allowance? We deserve an allowance. We want to spend money, you know. And uh, and my dad was like, yeah, I'll give you an allowance. But he he's a clever man. He's very clever. And the wheels started turning. And what he did was he paid us. He made up a currency. Okay, so he made up this currency. What he did is he went to Kinko's that day. He went to Kinko's. Okay, you guys remember Kinko's? It used to, it was before it became the FedEx. And, uh, and he photocopied a dollar bill, and instead of George Washington's face, he put his own. <laughs> and he called this currency, are you ready for this? Because it's disgusting. He called it Daddy Dollars. <laughs> Now, that, that, that should exist only in strip clubs, but it existed in my home growing up for children. And uh, it was so, so weird. So weird. And he gave us two daddy dollars a week if we were good. Okay? But in order to buy a candy bar, your Milky Ways, your Twix, 
It costs 60 daddy dollars. Okay? To, to take the family out to a dinner at a restaurant of your choosing, it costs 700 daddy dollars. Now, this is an insane economy, but we didn't know any better, right? We're just, like, going with it because we'd never seen money before in our lives, okay? So I'm just collecting these daddy dollars every week, being like, I gotta be good, I gotta be good, I wanna take the family to Ponderosa, you know? And I was, like, going for it, and, you know, I had shoved them everywhere, in closets, under the bed. There was just, like, piles and piles of daddy dollars. Like, I, like, it was, I looked like I was on My Strange Addiction, and... Like, I was obsessed. I really wanted to take the family out to dinner. And then one day, my brother, who's older and smarter than me, was like, this system is fucked up. (laughs) I'm going to go talk to him. And he went and talked to my dad. was like, Dad, this system's got to go. We got to be paid real money. And my dad was like, you're right. (laughs) And he abolished the program overnight. Now, I'm all for real money. But I didn't have any real money. And I had about 500 daddy dollars. Okay? So now this feels kind of like it's getting an East Germany situation, right? I had wheelbarrows full of this money that was worthless. You know, I'm entering into a new world. I have nothing, nothing to my name. I'm like wearing a little babushka coming out. and said, please help me. A nightmare, a nightmare. Now I'm horrible with money. Now I'm so bad with money. I blame it, I blame it totally on my dad. And I feel like, I feel like money, I feel like if you had money as a kid, I don't know who got money. Sometimes I've told people this before and they've been like, yeah, I got $20 a week. And they're sitting with their legs wide open and they're very confident. They've ordered ta- the, the tasty appetizers. You know, they're very confident. Very confident people, very assertive. They get what they want. And, and I'm not, and I'm not assertive at all. I don't, I'm very like, I'm bad with money. I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm like kind of like my personality's kind of like, you know those, um, you know like you have an old t-shirt and it's like, it kind of smells like B.O. and then you wash it and then it still smells like B.O. It's kind of, I feel like that's how I am, you know? And uh, like even with therapy and doctor, it's still like, damn, you know? And uh and uh, and so I yeah I just uh, yeah I'm I'm trying to get more assertive. Is it, are you guys an assertive crowd? Okay, right, so the seven of you that didn't woo, we're on the same page. Um, I'm like I'm trying to get a little more assertive. It's tough, you know, because you want what you want, but they want what they want. They don't want what you want because if they wanted what you wanted, then we wouldn't be in here in the first place, you know. And so. I'm trying to get more assertive, though. Recently, I was in a situation. I, I'm, um, I, was, um, I was hooking up with a stranger. <laughs> do you guys ever do that? <laughs> it's nasty business. It's just terrible. It's terrible. I don't know who started this trend. It's horrible. You're touching somebody you don't know, leaving your fingerprints on them. What if there was a crime? And... <laughs> Uh, I was doing, I was, I was doing that with this guy, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when you're hooking up with a stranger, you can't, you can't really, like, talk about your feelings or, like, your insecurities or, like, how your day was. You kind of just, like, have to stick to the immediate here and now, you know, like, the, the logistics, you know, and, um, like, you kind of talk about each other's bodies, right? You're trying to, like, warm each other up, right? And, like, so, so you start, like, complimenting their body, right? So you're like, whoa, your, your neck is so long, it's like a swan. You know, or like, damn, that back is like soft. You you got feathers back there, you know, and you're kind of going back and forth trying to remind each other how much they look like birds, you know. 
And I was doing it with this guy, like, whoa, you got this. Dang, you got that. Look at those nipples. No, look at yours, you know? And we're going back and forth. And then this guy goes, he goes, he goes and he touches my butt. And then he goes, whoa, you don't have a butt. Which, to be fair, I don't really have a butt. I mean, it's like my back kind of connects to my legs and there's an asshole in there, but it's just functional. And, and I, you know, I, but I've kind of come to terms with it. You know, sometimes they just make them like this, you know? And so I wasn't going to just let this guy tell me how to feel about my body. I don't even know this guy. And so I, I, t- I, t- I said, I was like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Stand up for yourself. And I, so I did. I said, listen, man, if... If I don't have a butt, then where's all this diarrhea been coming from? <laughs> you know, and it, uh, it really shot him down. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I d- all right. Thanks, guys, so much. Thanks for having me. Give it up for Joe Firestone! Take a quick break. We'll be black in a minute. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. This week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, a young writer attaches himself to a rising star in politics named Barack Obama. Interesting guy. Speaks in what sound like paragraphs. Very good posture, that guy. Enviable posture. <laughs> I am a writer, and I have this, this very slight hunch. He has none of that. A political coming-of-age story from staff writer Vincent Cunningham, plus actor and director Bradley Cooper, all on the New Yorker Radio Hour from WNYC Studios. Listen wherever you get your podcast. So I had a little bit of a vagina-related thing happen today. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you pray tell? Pray Since tell. We're, we're sharing, uh, I, I saw Joanna earlier today, and I just had gotten out of a cab. Uh-huh. And this is um, this is a, a, a sheer skirt. What a with, cute number. With a little overlay. Yeah. And um, when I sit down in cabs, mm-hmm. sometimes it rides all <laughs> the way up. Uh-huh. So it's just really sheer. So I'm just like walking through. I'm like, everyone is looking at me. (laughs) You're like fucking Carrie Bradshaw when she's walking down the street in the opening credits. I'm just like, and Jana's like, I see your underwear. And I was like, what? Um, And I was like, no, you don't. She's like, there's flowers on it. And I was like, oh. Let me pull that down. That's nice. So That's kind of cool, though. What a cool show. Yeah, that so, you gave. so. That's tight. You're welcome, Manhattan. Yeah. You're... My, uh, speaking of wardrobe malfunctions, I just, I feel like they're so normal for me, especially like titty wise. Like, my <laughs> boob is always popping out. But and I'm always that? like aware of it. Like, it's not popping out for the world, but it's just popping out of my bra. And so uh-huh. I'm just like, oh. 
And so then I'll, I'll have complete conversations or if I'm in a meeting, I'll just have one titty out, but only I know it. <laughs> it's like a beautiful, dangerous secret. Uh-huh. So like um, that Stanley Kubrick movie, Eyes Wide Shut, like a dangerous secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, so you only know. So, is it like just like bubbling to the surface, like yeah, like yeah. gnocchi, like, like when you cook gnocchi and it's just like chilling at the top yeah, of the water, yeah. or like when you fart in the bath and it's like the bubbles are like. <laughs> 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 However, the last time I was in a jacuzzi, I farted. Okay. And bubbles came to the surface, and my boyfriend and I were like, "Did that come from me?" And I was like, "Yes, that was my fart. Can confirm." Uh. And you did that on, that was like a romantic vacation, and you were yeah, like... Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be super romantic. And you just like ripped ass. Sometimes you gotta just, sometimes you gotta just let that gas out. <laughs> and I think once you're, you've been in a relationship for a while, it's just like, you know, and all, all like, at Sizzler, yeah. at Red Lobster. <laughs> you, go, you do not go to Sizzler. Yeah, There's, I mean, I, I, I've been to a Sizzler. You have? Yeah, back oh. in the day with my Girl Scout troop, we would always go to Sizzler. Really? Yeah, it was kind of cool. That's so cute. Yeah. I never did Girl Scouts. That's like, uh, what's the point of it besides like selling cookies? Like, that's all I know. Um, well, Girl Scouts are great because you learn about sisterhood very early on, and like you're kind of running a business together. Um, <laughs> you know that cookie hustle. Um, that's great. I love you that. also like learn to sew and stuff like that. But like, my mom. She would just like hot glue gun my patches on, so I like never really learned oh, no. how to do those things. But you learn how to like survive in the wilderness, which I was not about. Like okay. I don't need to know. This isn't like the revenant or whatever. Right. <laughs> so you like learn how to like pitch a tent and start a fire. And like sisterhood and how to work together and like, learn, I like, like teamwork and shit like that. I pro- I wish I had done that. Um, it's cool. I mean, you can we can do that now. Like we could do <laughs> all of the elements of Girl Scouts together in our day-to-day lives in New York City. Really? Like, we can get, like, four more female friends and then form just, like, a tight-ass Girl Scout troop. I like that! It would be, like, so ig, though. It would okay. be so ignorant. So I'm gonna, like... We'd be Troop 69 or something Tro- like that. Yeah, I love... <laughs> <laughs> what would you try to get patches in? Oh, ooh. Like, skills. Serious oh, skills, I was Phoebe. like, can I get a patch that's like the shape of Michael Fassbender's dick? Like, can I have... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess in, our, in Troop 69 you can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the You gotta plan. be careful with that patch, though, because that's a big old patch, girl. <laughs> that's cutting across the back, and then it goes around in the front. It should be your sash. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> his dick and balls are like right here. His balls are here. And then they just like wrap around. I love that. Like six times. Yeah. It's like that that photo of Lenny Kravitz in the infinity scarf where it's just yeah. like so much. That's going to be your Michael Fassbender yeah. dick sash. Um, cool. And then I want a patch uh, that's just like of Oprah. Yeah. No, that's a good. I want that patch too. Right. Because I want to meet her. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. That's the dream. The dream, two dub queens fantasy, is like Oprah Winfrey is like somewhere in the back, like watching us. And then she comes up to us after the show and she's like, I love that. <laughs> I love you more than I love bread. I was like, oh my God. Wait, so what would be your Girl Scouts as a grown ass woman? As a grown ass woman, mm. um, Probably no fucks left to give is like a patch. Right. Like I want to have less anxiety in general and then just be, be like, good. I don't give a fuck. Suck my ovaries goodbye and go about my business. Right. But I want to do that to like every single terrible <laughs> thing. 
and then earn that patch. I think you can do that now. Well, that's always the thing. Have you seen the show Naked and Afraid? <laughs> no. Oh, it's great. It's like so great because the situation is so self-manufactured. It's like they don't like, need to be there. What is it? Just like two white people naked. Yes. It, naked in like the fucking Congo. Like in the. Okay. They send them to the most desolate places in the world. It's not even like, oh, we're going to send you upstate to the Catskills. It's right. like, you need to go to the middle of the Amazon. But what is the point of it? They want to prove, this is, you know, just from what I've seen. Okay. These people want to prove that they, could, they have what it takes to survive 30 days in the wilderness. They're there for 30, 30 days? days. Okay, so these are all, like, single people, I guess? No, like, some of them are like, I'm a mom, and um, I have Wait, four kids. Wait, you're gonna kids. fucking leave your kids yeah, for this shit? Yeah, yeah, Man, people that do all that kind of extreme shit got kids. They just don't care. That's crazy. Yeah, so she's like, I'm a mom, I have four kids, and now I want to prove to myself. It's like, bitch, you have four kids, there's nothing you need to prove. Yeah. You are already in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no way I would let my husband go be in the fucking woods for 30 days naked with a, a woman. I'd be like, I gotta make hamburger helper with them alone. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody is thinking about sex, though, during that. Like, you're, just, you're naked, and it's just like, imagine just like a, a like husky dude is your partner, and he's just like got the shrunken penis of someone <laughs> who's so afraid of the next 30 days to come. <laughs> And who, because it's like terrible terrain, squats all the time so you see his like hairy asshole all the time. And he's like squatting to like eat a worm. He's like foraging a worm. And he's like, right. do you want to share it? And it's like so fucked up that you're like the opposite of horny. But it's, it's all white people It's just doing crazy. This, nah, right? there's always like a, re- it's never a black, like never a black lady. There's never, but there's because always, you gotta like, have like a shower cap oh, and yeah, like, like fucking, you, yeah, you, you have know? to like lotion yourself right. or else you're gonna run around there looking like a fucking piece of chalk. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and that's like yeah. too much. It's not gonna work out for Could us. Could you imagine like having, that was the one thing, yeah. I saw the last Game of Thrones episode, there's no spoilers, but I saw yeah. like in this last episode, the first fully black lady I've ever seen on that show. Yeah. And she had a weave. And I was like, yo, so in this fantasy world that's supposed to be like medieval times, this woman has a straight up weave? Like I was they, like, y'all, I don't know how. She had lines, which was dope, so I can't really hate on that. Right, right, right. But also, all they needed was like one fucking fact checker that was black to be like yo she would not have a laid up weave like that <laughs> she had like a gabriel union weave yeah that's ridiculous like with like a, i was like this is hilarious but i was watching in a room full of white people so there was nothing that i could say or fully explain <laughs> it was hilarious yeah she should have had like a fucking afro like oh i mean yeah or like just some dope ass corn yeah oh, like yeah. some dreads yeah it was just really funny. That's so hilarious. I was like, this show is fake. That was the first time I thought this show is fake. <laughs> that would never happen. Everything else, everything else, you're like, that could happen. We've, nope, nope. It I'm really out. killed the entire series for me. Oh my gosh. That was really funny. Hilarious. No, but that show's great. Uh, Naked and Afraid is great. We should watch it together. You wanna keep it moving? Yeah. Let's keep, keep it moving. moving. Y'all ready for our next comic? You guys could do better. I'm sorry. You guys could do better than that. This is so funny. That's like what they do at like 
basketball games or something. Oh, uh, we need like a t-shirt gun. Like a sh- yeah, we we probably shouldn't like shoot into the audience like as a like a t-shirt gun, but we could definitely do a gentle toss. Yeah, underhand. Are you guys ready for more show? Thank you. I'm so excited for our next act. She's in town from L.A. You've seen her at South by Southwest, Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Please give it up for Janine Brito! Hi, everyone. I grew up religious. I, I, I grew up very religious. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, I, I don't anymore. I don't. I don't believe in Christianity anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Like I feel like the way I think about my old Christianity is the way most people are. Like, oh, the mighty, mighty Bastones. I used to love those guys. Like in the '90s, and nostalgia. It doesn't bother me. I'm the first person who ever came out in my family, um, and I, I have kids who've since come out. I've mediated family conversations as the pioneer, as the gay Sacagawea of the Brito family. Um, and I don't feel like I'm outing anyone by saying that, because all of my family lives in Miami. They have last names like Rodriguez and Gonzalez, and good luck cracking that case, detective. It could be anyone. Um, and I love them. I love those kids. Because I don't, I don't plan on having any children of my own. So my, my cousins, my, my nieces, my nephews, I, I, being a mom is like being a good, good tia for me. I, I'm not going to have children. Because I feel like if I have a kid, I'm going to end up with a shitty one. They're just going to be the thing I hate. They're going to end up being like, like a Republican or, or like a slam poet or an improv nerd. Ugh, gross. Ugh. Get out of here. Yes and no. Um, like, because, like, even if I adopted a child, even if I ostensibly did choose my kid, like, I can't walk into an orphanage and be like, bring me your chubbiest kid in glasses who knows who RuPaul is. Like, that's not how it works. A sea of children isn't going to part, leaving one in the back just like, yes, mama. <laughs> He's not real. Chartreuse doesn't exist. That's what I would name him. Um, he's not a real boy. Uh, he is not. And we've had, we have wins. We do. I'm uh, like, I can, pretty much I can walk down the street looking like we're rocking the full Rachel Maddow. That's nice. It's a good thing. Uh, we can get married now, which I'm very excited about. Um, we have that option. Uh, I, I, I'm very happy. I was very happy when the Supreme Court struck down DOMA uh, to celebrate. Uh, and now I spell out uh, Scalia's dissent with my tongue whenever I eat pussy. Uh, that's what I do. I feel like he can sense it. I'm like, take that, you ghost bigot! <sighs> he can feel it. And, like, it's, it is ridiculous. It, it, it's, it's taken as long as it has it. The, the government should not be able to tell you who you can and cannot marry. That is ridiculous. Uh, but I do think your friends and family should. Um, <laughs> because we're all so bad at making that life decision. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're into. 
we have all had at least one situation where you thought, like, this is it! This is the one! And then it falls apart, and everyone you love is like, thank God, because that was a shit show! That's why I think the only law that should apply to marriage is before anyone gets married, uh, all parties involved, your top five people should all have to unanimously and enthusiastically agree that it's a good idea. Even if one person's like, I don't know, he's in a jam band. Like, get the fuck out. Don't, don't marry that guy. Don't do it. And I'll put myself out there, too. Uh, up until very recently, I had awful taste in women. Uh, usually, my type was just a, just a demon in a skin suit. Just real <laughs> bad news bears, people. I, I came out of the closet fairly late for someone my age. Um, I came out right after college because uh, I didn't want to have any fun, so I waited until the party was over. <laughs> and then I came out. And when I did... All of my friends and family were like, ah, yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> Which was weird to me. I, I thought I was hiding it fairly well back then. Like, I, like I, had, I had very long hair. Uh, my favorite color was pink. Thought that would cover it. Thought that, <laughs> that had it handled. It did not. Um, and I was trying to, f- I tried to figure out what gave me away. And I realized that up until that point, I never talked about sex or dating. And then when I did, I way overcompensated. (laughs) Just way too much. And the first instance of this was when I was 11, I realized all of my friends and classmates were getting into dating and boys and stuff. And I was like, oh shit, gotta catch up. Uh, So what I did is I went to the mall and I bought a Thunder from Down Under nudie man calendar. You know, like we all did at 11. That's a normal thing for a child to do, right? And first of all, what's up with the guy that sold me that? I hope he's on a list somewhere. Because that's very messed up. Um, and I, but I was so proud. I wouldn't even let the guy put it in a bag. I just walked around the mall all day just like, check out what the J-Dog likes. Just flashing. I showed it to my mother when I got home, which is so creepy. Like, I remember I called her. I was like, Mama, come into the foyer. And she came out uh, <laughs> to, the, to the front door. And my mother, when she saw her 11-year-old daughter holding a nudie man stripper catalog, gave me this look that was just like... Which said two things. It said, one, I don't believe you. Uh, and two... No straight woman under the age of 75 is into this. What the fuck's going on, Blanche Devereaux? Like, what is this? Because it's true. That's going to do it for me. Thank you guys so much. Welcome back, your lovely host, Jessica Phoebe. Give it up for Janine Brito. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, a young writer attaches himself to a rising star in politics named Barack Obama. Interesting guy. Speaks in what sound like paragraphs. Very good posture, that guy. Enviable posture. <laughs> I am a writer, and I have this, this very slight hunch. He has none of that. A political coming-of-age story from staff writer Vincent Cunningham, plus actor and director Bradley Cooper, all on the New Yorker Radio Hour from WNYC Studios 
Listen wherever you get your podcast. I can't believe it. We got to bring up our final act of the night. No. I know. This was really fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, clap it up for yourselves. You guys have been fantastic. I love it. There's like tables here. Are you guys eating too? You can Did eat you guys here? Eat? This is tight. This is like like medieval times or something where you guys are. Like, <laughs> I like it. It's like a very adult yeah. show. Which I, I like, like it. It's yeah. very classy. Yeah, like it's tight. It's like the Golden Globes. Like it's fucking tight. Oh my God. Everybody's like. Right. It's like Ricky Gervais is like over there. Like yeah. no one's talking to him. Like yeah. it's really cool. Everybody's yeah. like, people never forget Ricky Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to bring up our next act. She's so funny. I'm yeah. such a huge fan of her. Uh, she has a special on Netflix. You've probably seen her on Drunk History. She writes books all the time. She's amazing. Please give it up for Jen Kirkman. Thank you guys. That was so fucking funny. I, congrats on not having cancer. This story that I'm going to tell you tonight is about how I have been lying. I'm 42. Uh, it was not until this year that I started telling people the truth about when I lost my virginity. And I haven't told anyone face to face that I know. I only tell audiences. Um, I lost my virginity at age 21, almost 22. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. But I told everyone I lost it when I was 17. Now, why didn't I lose it when I was 17? I wanted to lose it when I was 17. I even had boyfriends. But, you know, we were Catholic. But it wasn't what you think a Catholic thing where I was taught sex was wrong. You know, my parents didn't even really teach me much. They just, my parents were like middle managers to God. You know, they were just like, we don't want to do what he says, but we have to. So let's just all do the thing. Like, we just went to church once a week and we never talked about it at home. My mom didn't like people that prayed over dinner. She thought it was a little lame. She's like, we, no, God knows we're grateful. He doesn't have to hear about every shit and fat. No, we're not. So, and I paid attention in church and I paid attention to what Jesus thought about sex and he had no problem with it. Every story is like, Jesus loved whores. So I was like, I'm fine. Now, my mom never taught me about sex. She basically just said to me one day, don't ever have sex, you'll get pregnant every time. Now, what she said was not not in line with what I had learned in school in sex ed because they didn't teach us about, well, of course, it was only heterosexual sex, but they didn't even teach us that in terms of it's, there's a pleasurable, pleasure thing and it you know there's moaning and you move around and there was none of that they just acted like a man plugged into a woman like a gas station and she was a car and they filled up and then that was it and and they didn't concentrate so much on the outside or the emotional insides but just the inside of the body so when i was about 11 i just saw anatomy like signs and i saw what the fallopian tubes looked like but i didn't really understand where they were i thought they were like right here like a catcher's mitt waiting to get all the sperm they showed us what what happens in a little burst it's billions and billions of sperm so i just thought of course anytime a penis goes in you all the sperm comes out there's one egg those odds are terrible and so there's the catcher's mitt the millions and billions of sperm the one egg gets it every time and you're pregnant so you don't have sex unless you want to have a baby and so i didn't have sex now 
the reason I was afraid to get pregnant was, A, I didn't want to be a mother, but, of course, abortion had been legal for many decades, and I was always a feminist, but I still thought about what the priests would say at church. And I went, even though I know there's nothing wrong with it, they are telling me I'll go to hell. And just what if they're right? You know, just what if? Because... <laughs> For some reason in my church, every time the priest would interpret what the reading was that week, even if it was the fish and the loaves, and Jesus helped the poor, and there was a miracle, they'd be like, and also, women have babies, and they use uh, abortion as birth control, and they're horrible humans, they're subhumans, really, they're disgusting devils, and they will be killed if they have abortions, they should be killed anyway, but that's next week's uh, speech. And so... I was like, I can't get pregnant. I can't have one of these abortions. I don't want to be a murderer because I didn't understand what abortion was. I didn't understand that it was a safe medical procedure that prevents a pregnancy from coming to term. I thought you got pregnant, had the baby in the abortioner's office, and they shot it in the head. You know, I didn't know. So I was content with my boyfriends in high school to just do fingering. And I got to tell you, The first time I got fingered, <laughs> forget the words I wrote about it. They don't do how I feel justice. It was so good. Now, again, I'd touched myself plenty of times, but when you get to go hands-free, there's just such a freedom, just like, oh, and it's so out of control, and it just... Basically, what happened after the first time I got fingered is that every minute of my life that I wasn't getting fingered, I was in a dark depression. I'm in one now. When people are like, it's hard to get off heroin, I'm like, the fuck it is. Try not being fingered every second. So... I had a wonderful boyfriend, and one night we were doing some fingering in the basement. Now, um... Usually, he would go first, and this one night, I went first, and so I was rubbing his penis uh, very dry, up and down, and, um, and, and like a skilled firefighter, uh, he grabbed it from me, and was like, I got this, and you know, it sprayed everywhere on his hand, and so um, he had cum on his hand, and he had, you know, what I saw, you know, you, couldn't, you could see a little cum, and then he just wiped it on his t-shirt, as boys do in their basement, right, and then, uh, but I knew because I'd seen the classes and the signs, the millions and billions of sperm that were on his finger. And he went in to finger me, and I, I wanted to say something like, don't do that, I'm not ready to be a mother. But I was like, no, I don't think you can get pregnant from fingering, even though it seems like you could, right? Like, that's like complete artificial insemination. That is very direct. That is put it right in, like that is... But I thought they would have told us, right? They would have told us you could get pregnant from fingering. They would have told us, unless they don't know about fingering and we invented this, right? <laughs> so he does it. It feels great and I think nothing of it and I go to bed and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I feel a cramp. <gasps> I'm pregnant. I'm a mother. I know it. <laughs> now, I couldn't talk to my mom about it. Obviously, she would have freaked out and, and this was 1988. There was no internet and so I couldn't Google. Uh, I just got fingered. Now what? You know? And so... <laughs> I had to go to the library. But of course, my mom's friend was the librarian, so I couldn't go up to her and go, do you have any books about, can you get pregnant if a guy fingers you? He did wipe the cum a little bit on the shirt first, but I know that there's millions and billions. And, and, okay, so I'll, yeah, I'll say hi to my mom. So I couldn't do that. 
So I had to take a lonely walk by myself to the card catalog. And if you're younger uh, and you don't know what that is, we used to have these catalogs full of cards at libraries. And you'd open them, and they would have not just arranged by author and title and alphabetical order, something called the Dewey Decimal System that people went to college to learn. I'm not joking. Librarians had to go to college to learn it. And then they would just throw it at us, like, well, you'll fucking pick it up. Like, and, we had it. and so... I just, fe- you had to memorize a series of numbers. So I looked up pregnancy, and there were nine numbers I had to memorize. And we were so smart back in the 90s that we could memorize nine numbers and walk from here all the way to here without, like, having to take a picture of it or anything. And so I'm in the bookshelves, and I'm, I'm, all I see is pregnancy books. There's no book, like, what to expect if you're expecting because you were fingered. And I'm like, where? And so... I just sat in the library all night reading pregnancy books all night long, and uh, I couldn't figure it out. I I read about this one kind of pregnancy that kind of resonated called an ectopic pregnancy, and it's very sad, and it's when the baby kind of grows outside the womb and it never makes it. And I was like, that's what I have. Because that's, no, that, that, that weird sperm that he wiped on the, on the T-shirt that was all like, confused, and then it went inside me, and it was like, where do I go? Of course it went to the outside of my womb. And I knew I was pregnant, but I thank God I was going to miscarry, and miscarriages are okay. God doesn't mind those. He gave them to you. And so, two weeks later, when my period came, I knew it wasn't my period. I knew that was her. She was not allowed to come into this world. It wasn't her time. And five days later... Five days later, when my miscarriage ended, I was like, we are done. And, uh, and I was free to go to college. Now, by the time I went to college, a year later, I had learned that condoms prevent pregnancy, and it wasn't quite as easy to get pregnant as I thought, and I was ready to lose my virginity. And so I get to college, but there was one problem. I didn't know if I was any good in bed. And I was like, well, a guy's not going to fuck you if you're not good in bed, right? And so I didn't know that they don't care. And so, um, <laughs> at least at first... Um, So I thought, well, how do I get a guy to think I'm good in bed? I know. I'll let a guy know I'm experienced. And so I I made up a lie that I had slept with 10 guys, and I told this big loudmouth girl, and she told everyone, and that's exactly what I wanted, and it got back to the guy I have a crush on, and then he was too scared to sleep with me because I'd had sex with 10 guys, and he was a virgin, and he didn't want someone with all that experience. And I was like, oh, it completely stumped me. And no one would sleep with me because they thought I had fucked 10 guys, which was a lot in the 90s. Um, Because even if you watch 90210, Dylan and Brenda, they didn't didn't have sex until uh, they'd been dating for 64 years. And Dylan was an alcoholic who lived alone and he was a virgin. Like, it was a very innocent time. And so when I finally met someone and lost my virginity, it was pretty exciting, but, but not exciting for, for any, like, literal sex reasons. It was just all in my head. But I, I was dating this lovely guy named Aaron, and he, to this day, doesn't know that I was a virgin. And uh, we were 21, almost 22, so we didn't have the talk, you know. And uh, we didn't say, are you a virgin? We just assumed the other one wasn't. And... Uh, so this one night we're making out and he goes, oh, I don't have a condom, but let's do it tomorrow night. And so we had a plan to have sex. And, um, and it gave me time that day to buy the outfit I'd always dreamed of buying to lose my virginity. And I'd been thinking about it since I was 10 years old. Um, it was based on what Maddie used to wear on, on Moonlighting, uh, played by Silva Shepard. And... Uh, She used to wear these when she came home from a hard day at work solving crimes and trying not to fuck David Addison. She would come home and put on these silk white long sleeve like Mr. Brady long men's pajamas. And I would look at her and she'd have a glass of wine and just be like, so stressed out. And I was like, that's femininity. Like that is sex. Oh my God. And I went to Victoria's Secret in Boston and they had one. They had one hanging there. And I bought it. And I don't even know if it's a thing they sold or just a thing they had for the models in case they got cold, but they gave it to me. And my boyfriend and I were making out, and then it 
you know, we were naked, and I said, let me change into something more comfortable. So I went and put on the pajamas. I put on more clothes for the sex. And he was confused, but he was sweet about it, and we did it, and it's nothing to write home about. It was sex. But the whole time I kept thinking, I'm not a liar anymore. I've had sex. I've had sex with one guy. Sure, I had, I said, told everyone I had sex with ten, but whatever. It's technically not a lie. Until I was walking home, and I realized my hymen didn't break. You keep hearing, you know, women hear that. Your hymen's going to break when you have sex. It's going to bleed everywhere on the sheets. You're a dirty, dirty, sick person, and men are going to hate you. And so I go, but why didn't my hymen break? And so I went to the school nurse. And I said, quick question. You know, just was remembering about when I lost my virginity. Um, My hymen never broke. And she goes, are you worried about that? I go, I don't know. What could it be? And she goes, it says in your chart here you're about to turn 22. Now, did you just lose your virginity? And I just looked at her and went, no, I fucked like 10 guys. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Give it up for Jen Kirkman. You just heard Jen Kirkman, Janine Brito, and Joe Firestone. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Solitaroff, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, and Rachel Neal. Our team includes Joe Plore, Dara Hirsch, Ed Haber, Jeremy Bloom, Isaac Jones, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. Also, just so you know, we are obsessed with Dugram, as in Instagram. So follow us at Two Dope Queens for behind-the-scenes photos and selfies. Lots of selfies. And hey, let's make it official, okay? Just hit subscribe. Let's lock it down. I'm also going to be an author for the very first time. My debut book, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain, is going to be published on October 4th, which is very exciting. You can pre-order it now on like Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, everywhere that books are sold. I talk in depth about my obsession with Michael Fassbender. There's so much to be read in this book. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Bye, boo-boos. Y-Q-Y-E. Stop the Y-Q-Y. No. Uh, hold on, I'm going to fart before we start. Oh, I heard it. It, like, <laughs> was so tight that it came out of the back. Dude, that was great. It, like, traveled like, up my crevice. You stuck the landing. Very excited for my mom to listen to this episode <laughs> in particular of Tudo Queen. My parents don't listen. It's great. It's great for our relationship. That's really good. I need to try and cut my mom off. Yeah, just do it. Just be like, this is not for you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Only young people allowed. Yeah. Damn, that's, like, also brutal for no reason. I know. <laughs> She's like, I gave birth to you. She's so. like, how dare you? I literally made your brain in your mouth, and you open your mouth to disrespect me <laughs> to my own ears in my home.